everyone. Welcome to A Deep Live. Today, we have vocal architect Maxine Lewis. And not only a coveted session and touring vocalist, but a passionate and conscientious instructor and coach for people in all walks of life to use their voices to their maximum capacity. The resume of Maxine Lewis is an impressive one and includes recording with artists such as Dionne Ward, Dinah Ross, Celine Dion, Michael Jackson, Madonna, and to it requires storm greats such as Brenda Russell, Gino Vanelli, jazz legend Les McCann, and renowned blues man Bobby Blue Bland, as well as many super superstars in the Japanese pop culture world, such as Omega Tribe, um, <laughs> Tashinabu, Kubota, um, and many others. Now, Max Ann uh, known, grew up in Tulsa, known as Paulette Parker, a region for producing great musicians. And, now, and she lists the incomparable. Nina Simone is a major inspiration, and when I listen to her music, I hear poetry, especially from the 1970s music. Um, she's also opened up for Earth, Wind, and Fire, and um, on and wrote on vocals on Night Dreaming, um, on Eternal Dance. So it's just been a great, eclectic career. Hello, hello, Maxine. Hello, how are you? Great. How are you? That was quite Thanks. an intro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you deserve oh, it. I hope goodness. it was a good one. <laughs> it was. It was. I was like, oh wow, oh wow. <laughs> Sitting here and listening, it sounds like what a lot of stuff, you know. But yeah. <laughs> well, you're great. I was listening to um, your 1972. I was. I wasn't able to get it on time. I was listening to your 1972 CD, and I just love. The energy and the vibe is so, with funk, my soul is so relaxing. It just, it's like you're a poet, (laughs) and I'm a poet. Wow. So I can learn a lot from you. (laughs) Thank you very much. So, how did uh, did it all begin, um, Maxanne? I am pronouncing it right, correct? That's right, Maxanne. That's correct. Um, Okay. Well, I worked with um when you when you say it all began, you mean the Max fan thing? How did it all begin? You both or me, how did it all begin? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Max fan thing actually started in the uh well I you, you already mentioned that I I'm from I'm a native uh a person from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I grew up uh with the gap band. We were we were kids growing up together. And we were oh, friends, okay. and and um, I sang on the wow. Gap Band stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. My brother was a member of the of the Gap Band. Uh, Charlie Wilson, Ronnie Wilson, and Robert Lynn, their sister Loretta, their mom and dad, uh, their mom and my our moms were friends, and hung out at churches together. You know, it was quite a you know just the regular community kind of thing, and we used to talk about we were in music band marching band together um 
and that's oh, wow. thing at school. And uh, we used to say when we, this is like we were dreaming our big dreams in, in mm-hmm. tiny little Oklahoma, in tiny Tulsa, we would say we we're going to get together and we're going to grow up and we're going to make records. Oh. And we 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 had we didn't know anybody to go do this with. We didn't we didn't have any pathway as we felt to get out of Tulsa, but that was our dream. And we used to do talent shows and and uh, sing live with records of our favorite artists and just do, just in the summertime hanging out uh, on the porches uh, talking about our big dreams. And uh, it's amazing that we all. It all came together, and we somehow we had different paths to get to um, to 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 Los Angeles. But uh, Leon Russell, um, I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a great songwriter and another incredible music artist from Tulsa, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Uh, mm-hmm. He was also uh, part of the the way the pathway for the Gap Band to get out of. Um, Oklahoma DJ Rogers also was in was uh was essential in on all of that a famous a male male vocalist DJ Rogers and we all somehow our paths converged with all these different people and we landed here and uh, in our own way and we, then we got to come back together and do their records that would go on to sell millions of copies of records right so it's been pretty a pretty amazing journey and and uh, and then when I see Charlie, I, he's like you know incredible, you know, and has a, his career continues on. Yeah, and everybody he's knows. He's really famous. Everybody knows Uncle Charlie now, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a, as he calls himself. And yeah, it's it just amazing. It's just we've been incredibly, incredibly fortunate and incredibly, incredibly blessed. And I I can tell people it all started out as a dream. Mm-hmm. The kids were sitting around, and we we had these dreams, and we just wanted to do that. You know, we we knew in our hearts what we wanted to do, and we loved music, and and um, we didn't have we didn't, we couldn't see we couldn't see over the rainbow, but we knew there was something on the other side. Let me put it like that, and we just knew that right. we were going to be able to do it. You know, so mm-hmm. that's that was that was that's part of the beginning, and then. Um, I worked with Tina Turner. That wow. was my first world tour was being on tour with world from Tulsa to world tour with Tina Turner. Wow. And and uh that was my first big outing to do something that was like really in the you know, mainstream um music industry and that's how I came to California. Uh I got relocated here with Tina Turner and that was, wow. was pretty amazing. So that was an amazing experience because we did, we were on, they were on a world tour and I got to just go from, and ne- never being able, never going anywhere to going everywhere. So yeah. it was pretty interesting. Yeah, because when I look at your um, page, I had, I found out about you um, coincidentally on um, Rocker Mickey Freeze page. And oh, yes. <laughs> And I said, oh, wow, I think I've seen this lady. And then I saw the white afro, and I and then I looked more into you, and I thought, wow, that's so eclectic. Your style, the energy, and the and the group, um, is it Mandre? Am I pronouncing it right? Yes, 
Yes, Mandre, um, the first album, uh, well, Mandre was, before Mandre, there was Mac Fan. And then uh, Mandre was sort of like a, an, uh, an, uh, something that evolved out of the Mac Fan thing that Andre himself wanted to do. But I still, even though he evolved to do the the Mandre thing, it still was had elements of Mac Fan in it, and the band mm-hmm. itself. And uh, I, I I pretty much produced the first album with him, just the picky helping him to get the songs together and trying to work on some of the arrangements that he wanted to do. He had this always wanted to do electronic music. He was really so far ahead of the curve. He set mm-hmm. that curve for electronica and and electronic music, and um, he he's passed away now. But um, when I look at the band groups like Daft Punk, uh, mm-hmm. they are they they definitely I know that they definitely knew who uh, the Mask Marauder was, and uh, mm-hmm. and Mandre, um they they definitely have taken a page uh, a lot of pages out of his playbook. And uh, which is, I mean, he would really be, uh, I'm sure that he would like a lot of some of the stuff they're doing as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. And it's very impressive. How did you meet Miss um, Tina Turner? How did that happen? Well, okay. I didn't know them and nobody, in, this is what happened. I was in Tulsa. I used to do little local gigs, you know, like, um, I and I was I had been away at college and then I came home on a summer vacation and I was just um I didn't know if I wanted to go keep going to the school I was going to it was very um, I should say here that Oklahoma is a, at that time and it pretty much still is a very racially biased big right. place mm-hmm. uh the black community was always kept um uh, segregated from the white community, um, mm-hmm. not by choice, but that's just the way the powers that be wanted it to be there. And so it, it was a pretty amazing place to grow up, though, because the bla- I want to say that our blackness was uninterrupted. Now, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know any other way to put it, but because it was uninterrupted, it was actually so cool because so mm-hmm. many great things grew out of it. Right. Um, a, a, a pure kind of uh, uh, uninterrupted cultural development happened. Mm-hmm. So we had uh, a lot of our own places to go and play and music-wise, and it was an odd thing. If you wanted to play in a in a nightclub or in a, a music venue, uh, you they didn't want you to do Top 40. They wanted you to do your own original material. And wow, that's, that's really? unheard of. That's unheard of in uh, most places. They want you to have a good repertoire. They want you to play the songs that, you know, you hear on the radio. Everybody else is Tulsa, Yeah, in Oklahoma, and especially in the black community, they wanted you to do something different. You had to re- – the competition wow. was your originality. And it was wow. very much promoted by the by club owners and the people who ran the venues. They wanted mm-hmm. to see you do something different, not just a regular top forty set, you know. Wow. So it was it was quite interesting. Um 
we we had a uh, um, we had quite a um, a, um, a, a following, and I would play with different groups and bands around. And uh, one day I was, of course, I was a, I had joined the musicians' union. I played keyboards and that kind of thing. And um, somebody at the, I guess the musicians picked all the musicians. Uh, local to ask if there was anybody there that they could recommend because uh, Ike and Tina were coming to town and they were looking for a singer and uh, and they gave my name. Now I, I they just gave my name because I was local, but actually when I did they called me on the phone. Tina and Ike called me on the phone and I at my house which was like. So bizarre, like so random, you know. Oh my and I, god! And this morning, and bright and early, and my mom said, "There's somebody on the phone for you." And I was like, uh, "This is my only day to sleep late. Who could it be? Tell them to call me back." That kind of thing. And she goes, wow. "Oh, they said they really want to talk to you." And I get on the phone, and it's somebody saying, "Hi, my name is Tina Turner, and I have a, oh my god. a, a music." A, a band review, and uh, I was like, "Who is this?" And I kept thinking it was my friends, like playing around on the phone. You know, <laughs> I hung up the phone, <laughs> and and because I was tired, I was sleepy, and I thought it was my friends playing around on the phone. So right. they she that. called right back, fortunately, and said, "Please don't hang up the phone again." I, mm-hmm. I'm serious. We're going to be there, and I would like to meet you. And have you come down and meet us at the hotel, and we want to talk to you. And you came very highly recommended, and we're doing a world tour, and we just um, had to fire another person as she went into this whole thing. And I was like, are you kidding me? Really? This is really you? And I was like, then I snapped out of it, you know, like, whoa, wake up, you know, like, stop your face, whatever you have to do, and talk. This is really serious. And um, they came into the city later that evening. They were tra- they traveled from somewhere in Kansas, and I went and met them at, at one of our top hotels. And I went down, and the rest was history. I mean, I met them, and they asked me if I could travel. Did I want to do this? And you know that whole thing. And so, of course, did I want to do it? Of course, I wanted to go. Yeah. And I came back home, and I told my mom, "I'm gonna go on." I told my mom. My dad wasn't home then, and she goes, "What do you, I started doing my laundry. That's the first thing I did. I said, I've got to do my laundry. I've got to pack a bag. And then she goes, where are you going? I said, Mom, I'm going to go on a tour. And she goes, what? I thought you were going back to school. <laughs> I said, no, I'm going, I'm going to go on this tour. And, and I said, if it doesn't work out, I'll come back and I'll go back to school. Right. <laughs> but, of course, that never happened. <laughs> I did well. end up going back to school, but but not there. I didn't do that. I went later on somewhere else. But it was wow. it was just the most amazing um, experience. Um, yeah, it was like going. To, I would think I would say that was like going to the University of How to Be in the Music Business because yeah. they had an incredible show. That and when I met them, they were all of the other stuff that has written, been written about them and. And you know all the we know all the bad part, right? But when mm-hmm. I first met them, when I first went on that tour, it was nothing like that. It was, uh-huh. it was completely 
It was completely a different thing. And they were their business was so impeccably put together. Everything. Yeah. And it was was pretty amazing. So Yeah. um, Sounds like it. uh, so it was it was like like going to the university of how to we learned how to read contracts. What those what the legalese in those contracts meant, what a writer was, what what different recording uh, because Ike at that time was very much uh, ahead of the game. He had his own independent recording label. Mm-hmm. So he was one of the first people to know that the, how important that was. Now the music business has come full circle, and we're back to independent artists. Mm-hmm. You know, we went through, right, we right. Went through a, whole, a whole era of, of big, you know, mama, mama, daddy record labels like mm-hmm. Warner's and Universal and CBS and ABC and mm-hmm. that kind of thing and you know every United Artists that kind of thing. Every all those companies had big, big record concerns mm-hmm. and um, lots of big groups came out of that that era of um, the business of music. Um, mm-hmm. But now we're back to smaller labels, independent artists, that kind of thing, and we have and with the advent of the uh, of uh, the technology of the internet being able to to reach a lot of people, it's very viable that you could right. be an independent artist and not have to be signed to some big, you know, conglomerate right. label. Right. You know, so it's pretty interesting. It's a very interesting thing. Right. And it sounds like then it sounds like then was the future and now is the past, honestly. Exactly. Because you're so eclectic and everything there is like this natural unity to be different and be yourself. And now it's like, I guess I was born the wrong time. <laughs> Unless you're somewhere in London or somewhere else. Well, not necessarily. It's almost like you have to be somebody else. Everything now, it seems like it's not for your own style. And um, personally, I love how they summed up. Um, I was one article about you. Think Sly and the Family Stone merged into Patti LaBelle with a touch of Shaka Khan. And that's that <laughs> funky spiritual rock. And I'm like, that's, wow, that's like me in my college years up to now. <laughs> yeah, well, we called that's it funk fusion. Yeah, we called it funk fusion. Right, Because there right. were so many different elements in uh, the musicians that were a part of our group. Uh, mm-hmm. It was an amazing, amazing um, players. Uh, the band, um, my band, the, the band, we got together, but they had already been playing with uh, Buddy Miles and Jimi Hendrix, and oh, and wow. they had uh, they had they all had their 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 own uh, incredible path. Uh, that they that we had sort of like converged into as well together to come together to do the Max Van Band. So everybody had a lot of experience and a lot of musical I wanna say treasure with them when they when we joined together and became the Max Van Band. Everybody did. Marlo Henderson, uh who has also passed away now. He passed away in October of last year. But incredible guitarist who played on all of the Michael Jackson off the wall and Thriller and and Minnie Ripperton. Oh, I mean, wow. but before he did all of that, he was in the Max Van Band 
Mm-hmm. I had done all wow. this other stuff as well. So it was quite an, an uh, quite a group of people who were not just little. We weren't like a garage man, which is <laughs> you know like now a lot of bands they emerge on the scene and and they sort of started out as a garage band. You know, with their mom and dad buying an amp and a guitar and uh, their keyboard, and then they could go over to their their dad's house and uh, their mom's house or whatever. Like like Maroon Five is it started out as a garage band. Maroon Five, you, you know, know? Yeah. and yeah, like that 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 kind of band that started out as a you know they were just rehearsing in the garage at mom and dad's. Well, our band didn't start out like that. Yeah, like they a became lot of bands, big. <laughs> Yeah, the, our band didn't start out uh, being a garage band. They were really actually world, they were world-class musicians at a very young age, I might say, um, and doing some, some music that uh, is still like stood the test of time and, and that has become historical, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty wow. interesting. It's wow. pretty interesting. The journey has been, I mean, it's still going on. It's 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 uh, watching it all unfold now. Like you said, it seems like the the past was the future, and the future yes, is the it past. Does. You know. Yes, yeah, it so. does. It does. And even how you mentioned Nina Simone. I mean, she's like the original poet. And oh, the, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Whatever. No, go ahead, please. I was gonna say that, like Nina Simone, the original poet. You know. Um, it's that spiritual energy, even with, um, like, we, everybody has done a show or talked about the passing of Mr. Um, Maurice White and Earth, Wind, and Fire, spiritual mm. energy. That reminds yes. me more of the future than anything now. And it's like now you have to really conform or you're not going to be promoted, you know, or be in. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a, tough, it's a tough call now. Uh, to to if you want to be an artist, if you have a dream, if mm-hmm. you um, have a, you know, and when I say a dream, I mean like you really know how you want your music to be, and you really mm-hmm. know how you you know want it to you know what your sound to be, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a it's you really have to hold it in your in your in your mind's eye what you want to do and then mm-hmm. really design it to go there and fit that image and and the idea whatever you hear in your head in your heart in your spirit to do mm-hmm. that it's it's so many distractions and there's so many uh, some of the offers that people get now are you want to join a group I'm putting a group together <laughs> well you might not want to join a group you might yeah. want to just do your own music and be independent. So those guys who are who are independent songwriters, singers, songwriters, and women who are, you know, men and women who are independent songwriters, mm-hmm. it you have to be really courageous. And yeah. I really have a lot of respect for them now because you have to be courageous and you have to be mm-hmm. smart. You have to wear many hats in order to get your music yeah. Produced and get it out there, and mm-hmm. and for people to finally get a chance to hear you, um, it's it's. Uh, I was, but it's a guy that sings that song, "Take Me to Church." Um, he he actually wrote that song sitting in the attic of his home, so 
somewhere like in Ireland or something, you know, (laughs) without 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 a clue about how he was going to get his music out. You know, mm-hmm. he just, but it worked out, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And that song became a, a big, a big hit, and uh, and and create and opened up a huge door for him to have a career. You know, from mm-hmm. some small place. So. Mm-hmm. And how was it on tour with? Um, I can't help but go back to that on tour with Tina Turner and meeting. Um, rest in peace, David Boy and Mick Jagger. How uh, was it? Was, well, it was very. Um, I, I met well. I met Mick Jagger and those people in London, but I met David, David Bowie here in Los Angeles at the record plant mm-hmm. um, that used to be on Third Street. That that building isn't there anymore, but the, mm-hmm. the record plant is now over on McCadden Place. I think is where it is. But mm-hmm. um, but it's. Um, but those people were were were, were very you know kind um, and and they were people. That that's the thing. They weren't mm-hmm. walking around like oh I'm a star or something. You know it wasn't that mm-hmm. kind of vibe where they were yeah. being you know condescending and you know mm-hmm. classic thing where people say oh they were stars and they were no mm-hmm. it's like I met some I met uh, I met Michael Caine uh, who is a very <laughs> he was a very kind man and. And actor, of course, okay. Michael Caine, and a great actor. And but mm-hmm. when you spoke to him, he was very charming and and very kind and very much Seems like it. A, a decent a decent human being, mm-hmm. you know. And I, for the most part, that has been the best surprise. What I call it a surprise, but the best thing of all is that people who really are great and do fabulous things in the art world, whether it's acting or writing or, or singing or playing, for the most part, we hold them in a different place. If you're a fan, you go, oh, I love whoever, X, X, Y, and Z. But when you meet them just face on, face to face, the people always are, I'm always excited that I meet people who are very kind and very um, right, right, talented, talented and powerful and yet so humble and they are beautiful human beings. Right. That, because arrogance. Yeah, instead of being arrogant and mean and and uh they for the most part I've met some some really beautiful people who are very super talented, who have a great following and and um their fans love their music but they have no idea how kind and and awesome they are. Hmm. And that yeah. that's been the best part of this is meeting is. those people and and uh, meeting their and seeing their true heart and mm-hmm. knowing that what really um, we have a lot in common when it comes to that these people really really have a deep passion and love for mm-hmm. what they do mm-hmm. and the, the and all of the the benefits that they garner from it are just whatever comes along and follows it. But for the mm-hmm. most part, on top and at the be- and from the very beginning, they are filled with a deep passion and love for what they do, and that's what mm-hmm. pulls you in and makes you love it as well. As if you're watching them do it, uh, or if you're listening to them really, you know, sing it or play it or, or whatever it is, you you see the passion and the love in, in it, and that's what really pulls you into it. 
Wow, wow. And 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 looking at your impressive resume, I see that you you well traveled um Japan and every, <laughs> and everywhere. Um yes. <laughs> wow, that's a very impressive and it's all, and, and the diverseness of your career also is just so so interesting. What do you what do you feel has been the biggest challenge? In, the, in your career? Well, <clears throat> the biggest challenge, I would say that that, that is a, like a, the biggest challenge is kind of like a moving, a moving target, a moving target of, of, um, uh, because as a woman in the industry, it's, mm-hmm. it's a completely different kind of thing. Um, yeah. Being being a woman in this industry is the most uh, is is you, it's a different perspective because mm-hmm. it's in general it starts out being a man's world yeah. kind of thing you know for the for for the most part but mm-hmm. at the early on in my career I would say that it was very. Um, I would I would meet people and it would be I would meet musicians and at first they would be a little bit you know like you know like are you really going to be a good you know musician are you a good singer they would sort of like hold their um, judgment of me like mm-hmm. that you have to prove yourself you know that kind right, of thing right right and and when you're a, I think that they they hold men to a to a high the men, other men and other musicians that they met as mm-hmm. well to a high standard, but they also really were tough on on women in the industry. You really had to be on top of your game. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be with, you know, if you're going to play with the big boys, then you had to really yeah. bring yeah. it and still yeah. maintain a level of femininity, you know. You right. Gonna, you know, if, and be a, be, a, be a beautiful woman there in the midst of all that, but be professional. Mm-hmm. And hold your own, and hold your right. own. That's right. that, that's uh, probably that would be part of it. And then yeah. some of the other. It's very tough. It, yeah, <laughs> it's that's tough. a that's a tough. It's a it can be a tough position. But if you you start to build um, respect by the work that you do, and 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 that you are always on point when you when it's time for you to do what you do be able to stand and deliver. That's mm-hmm. really important that they mm-hmm. uh, they, come, they come to be able to know that they can depend on you to do your to do what it is that you're there to do. That mm-hmm. you're not going to, you know, fall apart or you're not mm-hmm. going to let it um uh, you know affect you in in a, in a, in a negative way cuz there's all right. kinds of things that happen um mm-hmm. from there are some bad promoters. There are some, yeah. you know, there's uh, all kinds of things. You can have a, a bus driver who ends up taking the wrong road and making you late for a sold-out concert by two hours, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you, being whole, being graceful under pressure is really a part of it as well. Right, and, right. Uh, and, and contending with all the curveballs that you can be thrown Mm-hmm. In your in your direction by mm-hmm. those by just life in general, and then 
the industry itself has a lot of curveballs. Um, mm-hmm. We have some executives that we did have. A, there, I will say that there was was a time when we had executives and executives. I want to say in the music industry that were very much they loved the music as much as the people who made it. And then that we went through an era of people who just saw the value in owning and controlling artists, and they didn't have any love for the music at all. They just wanted the benefit of controlling the music and the artists because the music made money, and they mm-hmm. wanted to control that money. And a lot of times some executives took advantage of those artists who were singer-songwriters, and some of the deals were not um, mutually gratifi- gratifying or or anything, and they just took advantage. So you heard, we all can hear stories of people who they wrote hit songs and then they mm-hmm. didn't get their just to do from it. They didn't get their individuals right. were ripped off. Those kinds of things. So I've, I've seen every every run every the gamut of that of of life in this business um, mm-hmm. from people who really did well and. Who, um, and and uh, and the companies did did good business with them, and and they they really came out. The artists themselves got to own a piece of their own rock, you know that kind of thing. And to to the people who got totally ripped, ripped off, and mm-hmm. some people who are very bitter in the business and that kind of thing. So it's um, mm-hmm. it's been quite a quite a thing, you know. To, it's it's a quite quite a thing to observe and and watch it uh, unfold. And people mm-hmm. who have had a hard road in it, some people who are very talented, but they have a very hard time in it right. and get really had a hard road with people doing bad deals and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that kind of thing. So it, it, I've seen the gamut of, of all of that. So when I say it's a moving target, the biggest challenges are, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's that, that can be a moving target, you know, what mm-hmm. what it's more less what is a moving what is the biggest challenge of it now you know as opposed oh, yeah. to like ten years ago or you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And how do you feel? Um, and how do you feel that do you how do you feel that if you were starting out, not starting out, but if you were probably ten years into your craft now and you, the industry still isn't friendly. You're doing your own thing. How do mm-hmm. you how do you feel that it would? How do you feel that you would react to that, or how do you feel you would fit into that? Like if I was like you would you say into my career like ten years and you still having some 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 um, not well, so de- nice things. Well, you're your own woman because. Um, you know, you you work with people who obviously, as you said, as a woman who wants to be on her own terms, people do take advantage of that, or they, you know, they compete well, against that constantly. Well, now I would say the biggest challenge for women that I see in the industry now is that you can be pulled into um, a different kind of competition because there's, there's a part of this that is the visual part of this business, and then there's the real writing, music part of it, uh, that kind of thing. And the the competition that I want that has been 
sort of designed with women uh, is that you have to, you can't, I mean, for one moment there is like how how big can your butt be and how little, how few clothes can you wear. Or if you're going uh, to, <laughs> you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Yeah, are you going to stroke the male it, ego? I mean, or yeah, men, and you're like, you can't do this better it, than me. Who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, and so it becomes that. It was a competition of that, and it has, which actually has nothing to do with the music itself. But I know it everybody just, was like, you know, everybody's showing every every time I would see female, some female artists, they would be having their they would be bending over, you know. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, wait a minute, ladies, please. You know, like, I I love the beauty of the feminine form. I'm not knocking (laughs) that. I'm not by any means approved, but I think that as an artist, you have to. time and a place. Right. You have to stand your ground and, and, uh, and, and garner the respect that you are, you, that because you, in order to, if you're really going to write some, some great music and you're going to present some things and, and ideas and lyric, lyrical, imagery, Im, lyrical imagery that you want to present, don't distract from your message by just showing up naked, you know. Right. That, I mean, if you want to be a stripper, you want to be on a pole, that's one thing. <laughs> I'm not knocking those ladies either. I mean, that, right. that's what they like, and they, because there's an art to that as well, you True. know. Uh, but but don't confuse the message. Don't say, "Oh, I want people to respect me," but then you're on right. the pole with no clothes on. But I'm a singer, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, and, wait a minute. You, and my the, yeah. they're not the. the <laughs> My yeah, thoughts yeah, are, yeah, even if you're fully clothed as I am all the time, you still it's still hard to get respected. So I don't. It understand. is. It's like I'm. I mean, gosh, the way some people act. <laughs> so I'm exactly. thinking, wow, how do you do? You really have to do? You really have to dress like that? It's still hard to get respect. You know, exactly. People exactly. want to see you however they want to see you, and they want to make you into whatever they want to make you, and um, that can be challenging. You know. Well, I think if you're going to have, if you want to have um, something, if you want to make something beautiful uh, that stands the test of time, that people will remember. And that you want to make your mark, as they say, mm-hmm. then you really have to do something that is the where you leave your indelible imprint of something from your spirit mm-hmm. that is that is that cannot be destroyed right. or or disrespected because you stood your ground on it. That I think right. you want. I think when you want people to remember you. Uh, and look back and say, "Wow, what a great artist!" Because there's a couple of websites. Our, our, our web people have websites where they honor people who did music and art from the past. And when you see those people, the women are, are beautiful. They're beautifully dressed, and and they sang and they did their music, and their music has stood the test of time. You know, and that's that's really important. That's what you really want to do. You want people. I want people to say, oh, this this lady did some great stuff, and I still like this song, 
I mm-hmm. still love this song. You know, that kind uh-huh. of thing. That's really important. Well, I know. That, you, that, that, that lives on, you know. Yes, but if it you does. Just do stuff just to, if you just, you know, I got to take off all my clothes. I've got to overexpose myself. And or then talk about the same. <laughs> right, over and over and over again, you know. Then mm-hmm. That's not going to be memorable. And 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 uh, you'll you'll uh, there's also a lot of people from the past that they slid into obscurity and nobody even knew their name or remembers them you know that kind of thing yeah and that can so, be yeah well we have a caller I think on the most line most people want to make their mark you know we have a caller from the five one zero area code West Coast hi you're okay, with a deep life. Caller? Hello? Yes, hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I can hear you. Yes, I'm doing good. I wanted to know, how do you feel about the music that's being played on the radio? I mean, do you feel like your music, is it getting the kind of exposure do you want? Or is it, it seems like to me that the music on the radio is the same type of music over and over again. It's not a lot of variation. It used to be a long time ago where you can hear all kinds of music, all different kinds. But now, when I listen to the radio, it's just the same stuff over and over again. And what do you, what do you think about that? Okay. Oh, well, okay, yeah. you want me to answer? Thank you, Paul. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Thank you. That's an excellent question. What's your name? Yes, what's my your name? name? Is Leticia. I'm sorry. My name Say is Leticia. 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 Okay. Leticia. Leticia. Thank you. Things. Your question. That's a great question and something to take note of um, for, like, if you notice, there is no more black radio. And I, I'm not making it a racial thing, but I have to, in other, in order just to identify something that we had that is no more. We had right. black radio, and we had independent di- radio disc jockeys who played music that they loved. It was like they could play the selection of music that they liked. And and um, when you can, they selected music that they heard from all places. And right, they would play right. it on the air. If they wanted to play the B side of what was the single or something, and the people said, oh, I love that, they could do it. And then right. we have the big conglomerate that took over radio, and little by little, they they ended black radio. It's very oh. you'd be hard pressed to find a black radio uh, station that could, that plays, um, you know, hand hand picked music that is picked by the DJ. When you listen to the big uh, conglomerate stations like Kiss FM and those, that the people selecting the playlist are people who. Uh, don't even play music. They're like somewhere in another city. Uh, right. Black radio was particular to the city that it was located in. Yeah. Right. And uh, uh, it was it was selected, you know, according to the city that you lived in. And right. when you if you lived in that city and the local jocks would play music, you know. Uh, for the for the for their audience in their area or their listening right. area, I should say, and right. it was a completely different kind of thing. Nowadays, 
It's selected by a corporate uh, programmer, and and uh, companies have paid money to get their their artists in heavy rotation. And you know mm-hmm. that it's in heavy rotation because you can almost set your watch by the time you when you hear it. If you hear right. because if you hear Pharrell's "Because I'm Happy" when it first hit became very big, it was worldwide. It was you could, you could change the radio station, just go down the band, and you can just like it would be playing "I'm Happy" on that station, "I'm Happy" on that station, "I'm Happy" down across the band on the radio right. because right. that's corporate radio. But right. when it was hand-picked and hand-selected music, it was um, it was definitely you would hear a, a very eclectic mix of music. Now we're getting back to that with college radio and what they call uh-huh. underground, underground, underground radio. Oh, yeah, underground is the so best. They, the are, best. they are playing hand-selected music. Right. So we are hearing right. more independent artists that can get mm-hmm. played. Right. right, right. Because and and it seems like when you're when you have your music and you're trying to get exposure, if the corporations or, or however they do it only play what they want to play, I don't even see how you can you can get the kind of exposure you need. You know, well, get your music out there. Yeah. <laughs> so now, now for independent artists, the one of the main ways to be heard is on internet radio. What we're doing right, right now. This is yeah. new, this is this is the future now. This is how yeah. you get things done if you are an independent artist. And uh, that's, the best, this is that's awesome. the best way to go. I'm sorry, that's the best way to go. I remember reading one of those articles by Michael Jackson where he said one of his albums didn't do good because radio, he didn't get radio exposure. And so he had lost a lot of money on that, making it and producing yes. it and all of that. Because of the exposure, radio would not play it or whatever, for whatever reason, you know. So well, I'm glad that you you told me that because um, I you know I was very very curious about that and I didn't understand it but you made you made a lot of good points you know in explaining yeah it. so one other thing too um, like being play getting airplay and mm-hmm. being being an independent artist I, that's that's one way too and then of course being on the internet. But and they have almost made it where it's well the way it has evolved is that it's almost um, you lose money by going out and performing live. No. So there's many many different things that are chomping away at mm-hmm. artists who, yeah. who want to be heard who have a passion for what they're doing. I even uh, was talking to some artists who were doing alternative music, and they're independent, but they're doing something called back in the summer. They do something called backyard concerts. Oh, they, okay. They, they know what the areas of the country from the people that go online and listen mm-hmm. to their music on their websites and on their pages, and then they say, "Oh, we have a big following, let's say in Houston, Texas." And then they'll find somebody who's got a big backyard or some land that they can go do a concert. At That's that good. place, which That's is pretty good. wild. I think mm-hmm. I, I said, well, that that uh, so music musicians and artists have to have gone back to you have to become a troubadour again, which is mm-hmm. the way which is like you were saying that uh, before. It's like the past becomes the future, and the future becomes the past. That is yeah. before yeah. we had yeah. proliferate the proliferation of recorded music for people to enjoy and and own your music. 
true, but mm-hmm. the only way you could hear music was to go see somebody who was a traveling performer. And that's and that a big the, thing. Was, yeah, that's that was a big a thing. So now, yeah, on, I'm sorry, owning your music, because I hear so many, especially black artists, when they die, they don't have any money. The money is gone. That right. is the saddest thing in the world. I'm talking about major artists. It makes well, that's no because sense. a lot of times they're But it's not just major artists, though. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay. no, it's all it's all kinds of people, uh, especially okay. in the 1950s. A lot of labels they really took advantage of black artists. They yeah. took advantage of their writing. Um, a lot of black artists didn't understand recording contracts. They didn't understand anything. Like we have, then we have now. I was gonna. I want to bring up the these entities like CD Baby and those kinds of things. Or you can, people can say, well, you can put your music on CD Baby. Well. CD Baby just wants to traffic. They or don't really care about your music. What do you think they about don't want to traffic because they mm-hmm. are advertising and they want to be able to sell banners on their site. So mm-hmm. they will give they they put an arbitrary price up for you to download a track like ninety nine cents. Well, it costs mm-hmm. a lot more to make that music than ninety nine cents. So. Yeah. That was they. I think that CD Baby missed the boat when they didn't sit down with artists and say, "What would be a fair starting price for download?" Mm-hmm. Instead, mm-hmm. they just wanted to give you a hot ticket, hot ticket price, like ninety nine mm-hmm. cents, which would bring millions of people in traffic to their site, and they could all mm-hmm. see the banners and the ads that were there. But the music, CD Baby could care less. About that, and those, and all of those uh, um, entities that where you can download uh, artist music for you know pennies right. on the dollar. That is right. is also a very destructive thing for um, for artists because then you get cheated. You spend a lot of money to make to make your music, mm-hmm. and then somebody undermines you by saying we're only going to sell it for ninety nine cents. So that's not a fair price or a market, that's not a fair market price or a fair monetization of of what it is, of what mm-hmm. really needs to happen so that artists can survive. I'm not even talking about get rich. I'm talking about survive and live to record again. And so mm-hmm. if you like an artist's music, please buy it. But buy, I would mm-hmm. say now buy it from that artist's website. And pay mm-hmm. a fair market price for it if you really enjoy that artist. Don't just mm-hmm. go for like it's the fire sale. Oh, I can get it for ninety nine cents because you you're actually helping to destroy that artist's career in the future to be able to do more music. Do you, do you destroy the artist or the the record the record? You, you, you destroy the opportunity because if they if they can't make money, get at least make the money back then okay. how are they going to record again? You still oh, have okay. to pay I money see. to record and get it done again. Mm-hmm. So you want mm-hmm. to give them a fair market price so that they can uh, do it again. If you oh, really okay. love what they do, mm-hmm. you know, but if they can afford to put one record out and then somebody sells it for 99 cents, then they're not going to have any money to, because remember you have to put the money out to make it from the beginning. You have to extend right. yourself out there to get it done the first time. So once mm-hmm. you get it done the first time and then it's sold for a less than fair market price, then 
you're not going to make any money back to do it again. Okay, I see what you're saying. Wow, this is an education. <laughs> yes, it is. Keisha, you're very you're knowledgeable. My, my new co-host. Very knowledgeable. Hmm? Keisha, you're no, my new co-host. <laughs> no, she's very knowledge, very knowledgeable. A lot of times I hear artists yes, speak, they don't really, they don't. I'm not saying they they're not knowledgeable, but they don't really talk about parts that she talks about. They may talk about the music or whatever, but they don't, you know. So mm-hmm. she's extremely knowledgeable. She that's, has a wealth of experience, yes, and she re- <laughs> want to talk about it. Yes, that's what we love. <laughs> thank you Keisha, so much. Thank you so much for calling in. Okay. Nice, Keisha. Thank, Lakeisha, thank Lakeisha, you. Thank, thank you very much. Okay, then you the same. Bye bye. Have Bye-bye. a beautiful Sunday. Wow, happy Valentine's Day to all the people out there who are listening. Uh, It's a great, it's a really pretty day here in Southern California. I don't know, um, I know that, I hope there are people listening. How? How is it a beautiful day? Oh, no, I said, wow. I said, wow. uh, Yeah, it's like 80 degrees here. It's like 80 degrees here today. Blue sky, sunshine. Wow. And it's a gorgeous, gorgeous Southern California day. And uh, wow. I know that it's, some people are in the deep freezer out there on yeah, the East Coast. Yeah, 18 here. So, so stay warm and stay safe out there. Cold weather can be dangerous sometimes. Yes, yes ma'am. Yes, it's it's 18 degrees here. <laughs> 18 degrees where you are? Oh, my goodness. Yes, it's freezing. East 18. Coast and Midwest. Wow. All over the oh, Midwest. So <laughs> that's a so drastic difference. Yeah, hopefully, um, California and London. <laughs> yeah. I have one more question, um, Maxanne. What do? You, how do you feel? Okay, do you feel that the future of internet radio? Do you feel that it, the exposure is harder to get than? regular radio because if pe- if you don't support it then what's going to happen to it you got you have great artists that are on that are not getting you know the proper exposure i think like figuring it out um how to drive the traffic to you and let people know you're there um the accessibility of it because you can actually have it on your handheld devices Um, on your phones and that kind of thing and knowing that it's, and I like the other thing you can, uh, you can archive a show and you can listen to it anytime, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really, really good. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Internet radio is definitely a a way, it's the wave of the future. And I think it's just, we're just scratching the surface of how important Mm -hmm. of an entity it is going to be for artists, Mm-hmm. And for many things, because you can do things on Internet radio that you can't do on mainstream broadcast radio. That's true. That's definitely so true. It has, so the, the, the benefits of it are just still be, being realized, is what I think, because mm-hmm. it's a different way to think. Um, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just like uh, I think I can liken it to the fact that now you can do everything. Every company is having its own app for whatever business they're in. They have mm-hmm. an app for it. 
If you want to mm-hmm. order from a restaurant, you can use their app to order mm-hmm. from the restaurant, that kind of thing. Well, it was, it took, it took, it's, it's taken people a minute to be able to think in terms of using the app and having it on their phone and mm-hmm. saying, oh, I can just go to the app and do this. And, mm-hmm. and your, your banking, everything has changed. It, I didn't join up. I didn't join Internet banking right off the bat. They kept saying, oh, you can go online and do this with your bank account. I was like, mm, I don't think so. But then I realized, yeah, you could do it, and it really mm-hmm. does work. But I, I, I waited a whole couple of years before I jumped into that, you know, because oh, it was wow. a different way of thinking, a different way of thinking. And now so many people are using their bank, using doing their banking on their phone mm-hmm. and on mm-hmm. their computers. But mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, most people were very suspect of that, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I don't want to get hacked or something, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> So as the security measures have, yeah, have as security has gotten as security has gotten better, uh, more people are online doing that. It's like a now it's like they don't even think about it. You know they don't think twice. And I think that internet radio is still growing, and, and people are understanding how they can use it and how to access it. But you have to keep. I think that one of the things is driving the traffic to it. And and giving and giving it the exposure and keeping it in the in people's minds and thoughts mm-hmm. that they can just go online and listen to this or they can just do mm-hmm. that or do things so much much easier and you can have immediate access because if when you're online people like this lady that just called in she's listening online but you can also get uh, instant messaging you can get all of that while you're sitting there. On 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 the air, you can mm-hmm. do that. So it's yeah. a, it's much more. You can't do that with mainstream radio. You can send them a, a an email or send them a message or leave a voicemail or something. Mm-hmm. But the for the most part, the disc jockey or the host on the mm-hmm. program is not going to be in, immediately accessible like that. Mm-hmm. So people have to get used to having that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I would say this is still a new thing. It's it still is. new. And uh, but it's but it's definitely growing. It's not a shrinking market. No, so not I at think all. that it's you. Yeah, it's a growing market, and more and more people are getting into it. Even in Europe, there's a lot of new European uh, uh, internet radio that's going mm-hmm. on now, which mm-hmm. makes it really nice because you can be that you're worldwide. Right, that makes right. you worldwide. Which mm-hmm. uh, inter- regular radio is not worldwide. That's <laughs> you know? true. That's true. And I so been... this <laughs> the market is you have a you have access to a larger market, so you have to really be creative to think of ways to let the people know you're there. That's the thing. That's the tough part of it. But I don't think that it's insurmountable. In fact, I think that's going to be a, that if you really just creatively think about it, you're going to solve that problem. We're going to solve that, and then it's going to be off to the races with it. It's going to be huge. Okay, yeah, and it's five, it's almost five, it's four and a half years that I've been promoting it, and um, I look, you know, forward to great things to come. Now, I I had two more questions, Miss Maxanne before I let you go on and celebrate the beautiful weather and the beautiful Valentine's Day. What is the what is the future hold for Max Ann and how was it like 
Meet Mickey Free. <laughs> How did I meet Mickey Free? I've known Mickey Free for many years. I knew. Um, <laughs> and he's a great friend and an incredible artist, actually. He's a great, great, great artist. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of fun. He's he's uh, he's. I see him from time to time. He doesn't live here in Southern California, but he comes here a lot. And he always comes to my show. And we always hang out and have dinner and have a glass of wine together. And or he jams with us. It's he's just an incredible person. And he's and he's really very knowledgeable as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him back in the. 19, I want to say 1980. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've known him him quite a a while. Yeah. Wow. uh, Wow. But um, you asked me another question. What was the other part of your question? Oh, what does the future hold for for Maxanne? What is the future for Miss Maxanne? Well, what's happening right now is, um, and it's been a long time coming, good Lord, it's tough. I want to do a reissue of all of the three Maxan albums. Sounds and, great. And uh, I'm working on getting that out. Um, get I got the re I got it all remastered now, and oh, uh, which wow. took a minute. And so now we're working on the packaging, and uh, so we're going to have some nice stuff and a beautiful website uh, where you'll be able to go on there and listen and see it and buy it and own it again if you'd like or for the first time. And I'm working on some new original uh, music I write all the time. I'm always I'm oh, collaborating okay. with some with some incredible people. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm working on doing all that. At the same time, I'm working live mostly every week uh, with another mm-hmm. group of a band of the incredible musicians that uh, we call ourselves the Cookies. But uh, okay. that consists of uh, Bobby Watson, bassist, who used mm-hmm. to be a part of the original Rufus band. Um, Alan Hines on guitar and Donald Barrett on drums, and occasionally mm-hmm. um, uh, a, another keyboard player uh, named Dominic Kaplan, who is an incredible mm-hmm. player as well. So we wow. we do um, a, an incredible eclectic um, mix show that we do uh, once a week here uh, in Southern California, and wow. we have quite a wow. following. And uh, so we're working on some music for that uh, to re- do some recording as the as that as that group as well. So there's a lot going on. Wow, Santa Monica must be the place to be. <laughs> well, it, it's a great place. It's plus a lot of people who are in the industry who are incredible players mm-hmm. come come out to see us um, all the time um, and come visit and hang out with us. Uh, and we are mm-hmm. always happy to see them, and and they, mm-hmm. they, I mean, it's just any number of incredible artists that come out and and join with us, and 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 they're local. This is their neighborhood and their mm-hmm. their place to live. So there are friends and neighbors, but they're also known throughout the world as incredible artists and players. Wow, sounds so it's beautiful. Fun. It's a lot of fun. I look forward to it one day, Maxine. You've got to come back and tell tell show. When you have the um, new copies of the remastered albums, I'd love to hear from you again. Okay, I would love to. I mean, I will keep you posted. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate your wealth of knowledge and your presence and your energy. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, thank that. you very much for having me on your show. Um, mm-hmm. 
and to everybody. And uh, I'm going to be talking about this show and about you and the things that you're doing. And I'll be tuning Thank in, listening so to much. your other, to your to your following to, to other shows, and I'll be checking out your archives and see what what uh, some other stuff that you've been doing. Now that I'm aware of you being there, you know. So that's Thank the way you so that's much. the way things get done, and people yes, become ma'am. aware yes. of something really good to check out and do. Thank you. I truly appreciate that, Maxanne. Okay. Okay. Well, you so you're you're in day. you're tell me you're in Houston, Texas, or Dallas? No, Where I was. <laughs> Where are you? I'm in. I rotate between Michigan and Chicago. Oh, you're oh you're in the no wonder you said eighteen degrees. Yeah, you're in yeah. Trust and me, I, it's not the life I want to <laughs> live. <laughs> well, you know, but there's a lot of great musicians that come out of both of those areas, I, it, Michigan it and Chicago. Mm-hmm. Some very talented people that I've met from Michigan mm-hmm. and Chicago and Illinois, for that matter. And oh, now yeah. I know Michigan is embattled right now with what's going on in Flint. So I want to say that there's plenty of people out here who are really uh, praying and pulling for you, and we want them to get this corrected. We want people to come on and Mm -hmm. stop messing around because that is so serious uh, that um, your your less-than-stellar governor uh, allowed such a horrific (laughs) thing to happen to the people on his watch, you know. Mm-hmm. So we you, let me tell you, a lot of people are very much aware of that. So um, out here and uh, the awareness that this is brought to the forefront is incredible. So don't think that you are alone in this out there. Yeah, I'm not in Flint, but yeah, that it it we're all in we're all Michigan. We're all Michigan. Yeah, in my heart. That's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and we're I all know. people. This is a horrible people thing to have yeah, happen yeah. to human beings. You Reminds know, so you of the third world. <laughs> yeah, it's like third how world. could someone let this happen in 2016? How could this I don't happen, know. You know. It's deplorable. It is deplorable. Yeah, it is. And that's why so, you know people ask me, "What? I didn't know you were from there." You know, is yeah. And we and you know artists do need support when because there are a lot of artists who come come out of Motown, Michigan, and Chicago, but a lot of the mindsets need to be more broader. You know, a lot of it's a lot of underground successes. It's a lot of underground talent. Right. They yeah. kind of promote the same type of industry. So, um. You know, with prayers and everything, all that can change. Well, definitely. And I love your voice. Really good. <laughs> uh-huh, thank you very much. Well, okay. I was say, you. With you having access to uh, internet, ra- doing internet radio shows, you should expose some of that underground talent that's there. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're I mean, right. You know, you can pick Working. it. And if somebody is really outstanding, then expose mm-hmm. them because that's how things happen. If people know they yeah. can discover new music on your new music mm-hmm. uh, that they w- otherwise would not know, that opens up a whole door of interest. Uh-huh. So, and and that's an idea for the college students because a lot of the artists, I'm, I'm just going to be honest, that are locally, they kind of form their own circle, especially once they're uh, 
once they're up and, um, you know, past 30, they are pretty much in their own circles. And it's not that free-spirited mindset that some right, of us see, have. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. And, well, yeah, that's why I said that, you know, that's, it, that's what makes it a little bit more different. So, hey. <laughs> but if you okay. can dream it, you can create it. That's right. I, don't definitely stop appreciate you. All right. Well, you have okay. a beautiful, blessed Sunday, Maxanne. Please. And you keep... too, my dear. All right. All right. Okay, love. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me. You're okay. so Bye-bye. welcome. Thank you. Bye bye. Anytime. Bye bye. All right, everyone. And you heard the great Maxanne Lewis, who has, is a vocal architect. She has a wealth of knowledge about the music industry, and she brings up a very valid point. Yes, I do pray for Flint, and um, I do pray for these crises that's going on to be over because nobody deserves that. And um, I, I try not to get too deep into the political thing because I would be talking all day long. Every People who know me know that I'm either outspoken or reserved about a lot of things. Um, but in a nutshell, support, continue to support independent artists and continue to support this blog talk because, you know, there are lots of people that um, I'd like to interview. Um, it's four years in the making. Um, I'm also on Mixcloud, and I'm also A Deep Aries on Twitter, April Deep Aries on um, Facebook, me and um, my assistants and admins, and we're also on Deep, Diverse, and Different, Deep and Diverse Soul, the official group. And um, we definitely have to get rid of the barriers uh, of the territorial mentality. We definitely do because that's what's keeping us apart, the territorial. You know, everybody, you know, it's almost like, you know, who are you or I'm not going to support you if you're not in this circle or or who do you think you are to do this without approval. And it's just we're all grown. We're too old for that, just, just straight up. But I appreciate all those who do support me. Um, you know, God bless everybody. We all have our triumphs. We're all working hard toward a common goal and peace. Positive energy, prosperity, light, joy, and all the fruitages of spirituality. All right, A Deep Live. A Deep Live, the show with the most eclectic interviews, the most eclectic artists, and the most eclectic music. Thank you for tuning in. Positive energy to everyone. Everybody have a good night. Again, let's can we come to can we come together a little bit better, everybody? Thank you, Max Ann. I love her energy. She has a wealth of knowledge. I sometimes I feel I was born in the wrong time no, not the wrong time, maybe the wrong part of the country. <laughs> 
But everybody, including um, the college kids and teenagers, anybody else listening, anybody else, um, don't be scared to break the mold. You're not, if you're not meant to be like everybody else, you're not meant to be like everybody else. Stand alone and be different. The right people will come along. Be you, and you may have to start over multiple times, but it's worth it um, in the end because when we leave this earth, we leave alone. So <laughs> it's just as simple as that. God bless and peace and love. <laughs>